Welcome to the Court to Corporate Podcast. I'm your host, Kirby Porter. On this show, we sit down with current and former athletes to discuss their personal playbooks and dive deeper into how it has translated into success and lessons outside the game and in the business world. You can find this podcast on your favorite streaming platform or at courttocorporate.com. Court to Corporate is all about amplifying the journey of athletes in corporate America and showcasing how your athletic influence can serve to build your path. Stay up to date with more content and perspectives across all of our social platforms. These will be linked in the show notes or they can be found on our website. Thank you for tuning in. Let's get started. All right, welcome back, everyone, to another episode. Today, we have former football player himself, Dior, is a graduate of Bowie State University and currently at the NFL Players Association. In his role, he helps NFL players reach their full potential beyond the game. In his three years there, he has created the Athlete and Movement. He has led the PA's externship program, and in 2018, he was named to Forbes 30 Under 30. Dior, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be on. Yeah, let's do it. So, I mean, talk about someone that has leveraged who they are as an athlete to succeed in their career. I want to start with your personal journey with football. Frostburg State, yep. as a freshman, professional aspirations. <laughs> can you uh, can you tell us about your freshman year? Yes, it was uh, interesting. So I, I had the stereotypical, you know, I want to play professional football. Like, that's all I care about. You know, mindset of high school, uh, and I noticed I wasn't that good when my senior year came, and I had one scholarship opportunity to a small D3 school, uh, Frostburg State University. Um, went there, and I hated it, one, because it was always freezing, always cold, so I hated the geographic location, and then um, I had, was recovering from a torn labor, and I suffered my senior year of football, so couldn't get acclimated uh, with the team as much as I wanted to. Uh, the day after our last regular season game, we decided to play a game of tackle football with a, a few of my teammates. And so you can already imagine how that turned out. Um, I was playing too aggressively, admittedly, and I ended up running head on with one of my teammates. I was knocked unconscious. Um, when I woke up, there was a helicopter on the field. There were men running to me. I didn't know where I was at. So I would get up in the air and, um, and I'm, and I'm asking questions. I'm forgetting the day I slip into a coma. They, uh, we landed at the hospital in Cumberland, Maryland. They do emergency CAT scan. And I had, they showed that I fractured my skull. And when I fractured my skull, um, my brain started to bleed. So I was slowly going brain dead. Uh, so emergency surgery was performed. I woke up. My family was around my bed. And right then I could never play football again. And I had to deal with, you know, recovery uh, from this horrible brain injury. Um, so in getting out of the hospital, dealt with a lot of PTSD and effects from that, uh, over the next year or so. So the depression, suicidal thoughts, anger, um, just not knowing what, you know, what I was going through my, you know, just the cognitive aspect of that, of the brain injury. And so I ended up transferring to Bowie state. My first couple of uh, semesters were terrible. I think the first semester I had a 0.76. Like I had the brain injury happened in December. I was at Bowie by February, which oh I should have took more time. To, and I was still recovering. <laughs> yeah, right, just being right. naive, 18-year-old. Right. And so and it just, I was in the back, in the back, I was just super depressed, too, and fighting that. And that, you know, a lot of my friends didn't see that. Mm-hmm. And so I remember one day I just broke down to one of my professors that I got, you know, built a great relationship with um, in her office. And I was just feeling like I'm just, you know, depressed and just got to know what else I'm passionate about. 
and she started asking me about just like high school and what I like doing. I was like, told her I was in yearbook and I like writing. And then I remember that when I was dealing with my PTSD, what helped me get over that was just like writing a lot of my feelings and thoughts out. And she's like, let's change your major to communication and public relations. So I changed it. And then I'm like, all right, what are these internships? Let me try to get internships in sports to see if I can just still be connected to the game. So I landed my first internship with this PR company that represented a couple of football players, one of which I actually still work with. It was just pretty cool. Uh, so landed that. And then I, after that, I landed an internship in special events with the Washington, uh, Washington Redskins. Didn't want to do events, but again, being acclimated and close to the game, being able to network with the team that I loved growing up was pretty cool too. And so uh, by that time I started recovering, um, uh, got saved, uh, my, uh, the church I'm currently at, got baptized. I started getting, you know, in tune with the Lord and tune with myself and my purpose and all of that happened. And I ended up graduating from Bowie state. And so I had to make a decision. Like, do I want to work in sports right away out of college? Like a lot of people do, or do, you know, or do I just want to be brutally honest with myself and admit that maybe I'm not where I need to be professionally. I was graduating Bowie state with a 2.7. So, you know, I didn't struggle in school, but I don't think I took it as serious. And that's not bad. It's just that put more pressure on me to do the things that I needed to do to get the job that I wanted. And so I was just honest with myself. I was like, I'm not where I need to be professionally. I need to polish my skill set a little bit better. Uh, so I didn't go the ticket sale route like everybody told me. I was like, you know what? Let me spend two years, three years trying to just polish myself. So ended up landing a full-time internship with Lockheed Martin. They paid me full-time money. So landed that. And then and at that time, I started my master's in management marketing at UMUC. And then also landed an internship with the Monumental Sports and working in the marketing promotions with the Wizards um, under a lady named Rebecca Wynn. So all of these things, three things started. And, you know, it, it was a lot, but I felt like I was getting closer to, like, my aspirations of getting back in sports. So on the internship side with Monumental Sports, I finished my internship, but I came back as a volunteer. And I work for free once I got to get, I got to go to the games for free. And I just wanted to stay in front of them so they can put a name to a face. I finished my master's in two and a half years or two years. And then I stayed with Lockheed Martin and um, two, two and a half years passed. And I'm like, all right, I'm ready to break into sports. Right. And I looked at like my, my variables for me was like staying close to DC. I know I wanted to come in at a manager level. And so I looked at the NFL PA and only company like league, league wide company that was in DC. And they had one job opening and it was for a player development manager. And so I look at the job description and in the first sentence they said, in this role, you'll help current NFL players prepare for life after football. And I'm like, wow, like I was Too there. Too good to be true. Right? <laughs> right? I'm like, yeah. this is like, yeah, like this is what he's talking about. We talk about purpose. Didn't have none of the qualifications that they were looking for, but I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go out on a limb and apply, and then I'm going to reach out to the hiring manager on LinkedIn. And sure enough, she wrote back. She told me that's going to be hard. Like a lot of former players apply for that role. Cause there are a lot of former players in the player development space. Um, and then people internally, but she, she gave me a phone call. And from there, the rest was history, man. They liked, I told them about my story and my journey up to that point. And they hired me five and a half years ago. And my role has evolved a lot since then. So I still do a lot of the player development stuff, but my official role is a senior player manager. So I still oversee our player development resources for current players also oversee how we onboard rookies into the National Football League and also oversee a lot of our player outreach player initiatives from a player engagement perspective. So a, a lot more well-rounded role, but I love what I do. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at now, kind of with the cut across the field version of my story. No, I love that. I mean, congratulations. I mean, talk about coming over what is honestly unthinkable, right? Mm -hmm. Did you, going back to your freshman year, 
fast forwarding to graduating from Bowie State, landing a full-time internship at Lockheed Martin, what do you feel that you learned from that specific chapter of, of overcoming that recovery? Good question. Good question. I think it's important to like, you know, decide what do you, you know, there at, at any point when you have where you are and then you have a goal you want to obtain, like that's a journey. Through that journey, there's going to be discouragement, like tough times will come. Obstacles are going to come. Like any, anybody that has a goal will face those things and you have to be real with yourself. And if you are, and you recognize that you have to be prepared to deal with when those moments come. Cause when those moments come, those are the tough, like those long nights when no one, none of your friends, your family don't see you struggling, you know, or when there are times when you are, you are in your head, you're second guessing yourself. Like, should I be doing this? I'm risking a lot. It's like, what do you do at that moment? Like there's two, there's only two options. You can give in and give way. And like, you know what? Maybe I am, maybe I'm, you know, the black kid that was raised by a single mom. And maybe I am all of the stereotypes that come with that going to HBCU and things of that nature. Or maybe I admit that those are, that's part of my makeup, but that doesn't define me. Like I, I did, I choose where I want to go. And so when those moments of discouragement comes, I always chose the hardest route, which is the most uncomfortable route, but is the route that's going to get me to where I need to be. Cause at any time I could have given up, like anybody would have known, especially people from my hometown and friends who saw me deal with what I dealt with and saw that I was in a dark place. If I would have not, my life wouldn't have turned out like it would be, they would have been, they would have been found like, well, he went through X, Y, and Z, you know, but now they're like, how do you overcome? Because it's, it's those decisions I made when the time got tough to keep pushing forward that got me. And so I think that was the biggest thing for me was like at those moments of discouragement, I took my lumps, right? I, if I was depressed one day, I took it like, okay, I give myself a day. But I, after this, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna put that chip on my shoulder and I'm gonna prove everybody wrong. Like I was literally on a mission. And I remember like when I was working in Lockheed Martin, I lived in Laurel, Maryland. It took me, I was working in Herndon, Virginia. It took me two hours just to get to work one time from seven to nine. I would get off at three, 3 PM in Herndon, Virginia, just to beat the traffic to get to DC to do my internship with the Wizards. Mind you, they had basketball games at six and seven. So I got there at five, I stayed through the game, left at 10. I would go home and do my master's homework, go to bed like one. And a lot of that, I was never like exhausted or tired because I knew that I was getting better, right? And I still made time that like, I started doing a lot of community service work and giving back. And I was doing all of this stuff now to look back and I'm like, how did I manage that? <laughs> but when you know you're getting getting better and you know you're getting closer to where it's like you're that good tired like i'm tired but i know it's tired from like working right. my ass off and so um just being that hungry and aggressive with like i owned my job i never looked for the world to motivate me because i knew i tried that at one point in my life and i would i got nothing from it because that's where depression comes from and stress comes from like where's the, my motivation the motivation i needed was within me like i motivated myself every day because i wanted to prove everyone wrong and i wanted to prove the misconception stereotypes wrong and so those, those are the things that kept me going and now I look at like what's what connected the dots for me at that time that is so just interesting and, and powerful to hear like you knew you were getting better every day Lockheed martin wizards working through your masters giving back along the process and through that i'm, I'm interested to hear more about your journey back to sports um, and you know, yep. you took the time to develop your skill sets, sharpen up some things, build your network towards sports. Um, mm -hmm. 
and it's a competitive industry and landscape to get into. So when that role for the NFL Players Association opened up, and I mean, talk about mm-hmm. something being perfect, right? Like helping yeah. players succeed in life after sports. How did you position yourself for that role? What was the story that you told Good in the process question. that you felt helped you get your foot in the door? Yeah, great question. Um, for me, because it's like I didn't have what they were looking for. Like my, well, what somebody would assume they were looking for, right? It's like my resume was compiled of experience in corporate America with a little bit of sports internships. And I think sometimes people that want to work in sports are sold that their resume has to be full or full sports is working in sports experience. That's not true, right? It's, I think one thing that helped me was my, my, my skill set and my brand of who I was on LinkedIn and, and, and my resume was somebody that had a comprehensive skill set. So I had my internships in sports with the Wizards Redskins, but I also had this corporate America experience, also volunteered and started my own unofficial nonprofit. And I think it's important for people to show in terms of their personal, because that's what you are when you're looking for a job, it's your brand. And, you know, especially as a young, early career professional, people are looking at you like, okay, what do you bring to the table? We know that you can't solve the world's problems because you need the job to gain the experience to do that. But who am I hiring? And I think on paper, I showed somebody that there was some humility there. Like I'm volunt- I've had my volunteer work and I had my unofficial nonprofit. So I know that an employer saw that and was like, well, damn, he's doing all of this. And he's spending time at Children's National Medical Center, talking to sick kids and feeding the homeless. And on top of that, like, he spent two and a half years with Lockheed Martin, which that experience alone made me the best professional that could be hired in sports because, you know, that's, that's a top company. They hire the best of the best. So it forced me to grow up and mature and become, like, polished and well-rounded. And so I just think I came off on paper as somebody who could bring a lot to the table. Yeah, I didn't have the maybe the, you know, I needed to build relationships with athletes. I didn't have that. But the skills that I did, that I did have could buy time for me to learn the other part. Because the other part is only learned through repetition. Mm-hmm. But some of the things you can't be taught, you have to go get that experience. And so that was one. Another thing is I utilize LinkedIn a lot. Like LinkedIn has gotten me so many opportunities and, and is like the best tool to network. If you know, at that are time, still every on LinkedIn, I don't know what to tell them. Oh my God. <laughs> it's life, cha- it's life changing. Like know. every job yeah. that I applied for, I found the hiring manager on LinkedIn and wrote them. Wow. And it's nothing like, you know, you send a hundred messages on LinkedIn. Cause I remember that looking for a job, you send it. I don't need a hundred people to write back. Like at the end of the day, all you need is one job, one, one phone interview, one in-person interview and one job. So if you send a hundred messages and 10 people, eight people write back, that's good. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause you just need one at the end of the day. And, I, and the, those odds work in your favor. And so I look back now and I'm, I don't, I don't expect everybody to write. I don't write everybody back because you know, you take in consideration time. you never know what anyone's going through. Like, if I spent my time answering everybody's LinkedIn requests, I wouldn't get my work done, you know? And so in looking back now, I didn't, but I don't need that. I didn't need everybody to write back. The ones that did have relationships with. So okay. I remember I, I worked the, um, the NFL draft 2012 with the Washington Redskins. I got that opportunity from writing Tony Wiley. He was a SVP of communications at the Redskins. Literally wrote him on LinkedIn. He just sent his cell phone number and told me to come up. Rebecca Wynn met her on LinkedIn. I got the job at the NFL Player Association strictly from LinkedIn. If I never wrote her, they would have never looked at my resume. Yeah. Like, and that's just, like, that's changed my life. Like, and so I think just leveraging every, like, when you, if you want to work in the sports, like, it's not like getting a job in a law firm. And no, no offense to anybody working in a law firm. But if I wanted to work in a law firm, I would live in D.C. There are a million of those. Mm-hmm. I can go in D right now and find those. 
But if you want to work in sports, you have to exhaust every angle, opportunity, network, because it's that competitive and it's that hard. But hard doesn't mean impossible. Yeah. And so I, I knew that at an early age. And I'm like, look, I'm going to leverage, I'm going to leverage every tool, asset, network I have to get to where I need to be. Absolutely. So let's talk about the work that you do now. So you mentioned a few different verticals in your role in, in player as a player manager and player development, um, athlete and being one of those verticals. So athlete and is um, part of it is a workshop, which leads to a three week externship program. You guys place mm-hmm. around 70 NFL players across 30 companies. Let's first start with how did you come up with this idea of athlete and and go about executing it? Yeah, so it's funny. Um, so athlete and idea came. I was on a metro ride home from work. This was about a year and a half ago. I spent a lot of time on Twitter. I follow a lot of athletes and follow Des Bryant, one of my favorite athletes to follow. And he was arguing back and forth with a fan. The fan, I guess, tried to crack a joke like, yeah, that's why you're not on the team or something like that. And he was like, you know, I could care less. I'm a business owner, I'm an entrepreneur. It's so much more than I'm doing that is not related to football. And it made me think, like, you know, athletes need to start owning their story. Because right now I felt like Dez was owning his story. Like, you may think this, but let me tell you what I'm doing. And I'm like, you know, what's their narrative? Like, so many times the media, the fans, decide what a player's identity is. No, a player has the right and the privilege to tell their story. And I'm like, athlete and what's their end? Tell your end. I'm like, wow, okay, that's kind of catchy. You know, so went back to our communications team and I was like, yo, let's open up. Let's let players start submitting what their ends are. Let's start sharing them on social media. Athlete and, and let them let them fill in the blank. And so we started sharing that and it just took off, man. Like we uh, from there, I created uh, that was in October. Um, then I wanted to create a workshop. I'm like, all right, their end, there are two type of players, a player that knows what his end is. All right, cool. Now we have the resources to help them build on that. So. If you want to be a chef, all right, let's figure out what you need from um, a continued education perspective, whether it's going to get your master's certificate, et cetera. And then from a professional development perspective, do you need a job shadow? Is there an interview you need to set up? Who do you need to network? What job experience do you need? So we can help you. We have the resources. And then there's a player that doesn't know what he wants to do. Their end is. It's all right, cool. We'll do this two to three day job shadow with fanatics or Under Armour and see if something piques your interest. So now it's like it it's all encompassing of the resources we offer players. So it's a, it's a, it's a fun way to get players excited about figuring out their hand. And so we launched an athlete and workshop two years ago, which really it, for me, it was like, let's take a step back. And I want players to lead this workshop, recognizing that their identity is, is not tied to solely being an athlete. And that was the goal of it. Literally. Like I'm confident to look at myself as more than an athlete. And so we partnered with Twitters and LinkedIn. We have so many former players come in in the two years that we've done it. Spencer Pacinger who's a writer for the show All-American, who wrote the first season when he played for the Dolphins. You know, we're working with players like Matthew Cherry, who won an Oscar. Justin Forsett, play running back, now owns a company. Because I think peer-to-peer player needs, to ha- player needs to see hope, right? Like, yeah, you could figure this thing out. Like, And so we worked on the workshop, was a huge hit. And then we got a trademark because we started creating gear. And, like, the, the logo is literally the hashtag with a box under it. And it's like, all right, fill in the box. Cause that box is going to last a lot longer than your playing career. Like that's the reality of it. Uh, and so it's completely taken off now. Um, it's revenue generating. Like we have some of the gear that's sold on fanatics now with the portion of the money going back to players. And so it's just literally went from an idea on a Metro in DC head on to uh, head at home from work to now 
you know, initiative that has like truly been um, the guys are excited about. And there are other sports unions who are looking to use it and other universities who have reached out. Um, and what, yep. And we've seen an increase in a lot of the resources that we've utilized as well. So hearing that, I just feel like there's so much of you leveraging your insight from your personal journey to execute that yep. vision exactly. with athlete and, or even, you know, different aspects of your job. Like, can you talk to us about like how you've been able to apply that? Like what's the right way for former athletes to apply that to, you know, find success in their creativity and the ideas they bring to the table um, to apply in their careers? Yeah, that's a good question. Cause like, it's just funny the situation I'm in now because I get these opportunities to speak. And when you speak, it forces you to think back, like, how did you get here? You know, because that's the question I get a lot. And to be able to be in a position where, like, I've I've been in their shoes somewhat. Like, no, I didn't play at the professional level, but I had this freaking, like, the transition was hard. And that's really what players deal with, like, the transition from being an athlete to a former athlete to now figuring out what, you know, what they're going to do with the rest of their life. That's really what it is. I mean, players that retire on average, let's say if it's 40, right? they still have 20, 30, 40 years to live. Like, what are they going to do? And that's a tough road, like the identity piece of that. And so and that's where, play, like, you you don't put so much pressure on yourself. You recognize it is what it is. Is it going to be, is that journey tough, that transition out? Yes, I'll be lying if I say it wasn't. Transition of any kind is hard. You transition out of a relationship, that ain't easy. You transition out of, you know, from college to the real world, that ain't easy. You transition from high school to college, that ain't easy. And so recognizing the truth in it, yes, it's hard, but hard, you can get excited about dealing with the hard thing because you know you have to, there's effort that has to be put in, right? It, dealing with something hard, it's all, how you, how you handle it, how you get through it is all based on you and how your perspective on things and the work you're willing to put in. And so it's getting guys excited about that part. Like, hey, you've been a rookie before. You have all the tangible, you have all the skills you need to get through this period. You've been a rookie, Right. You, you've reached the pinnacle and the top of your profession. There are some people who live in their entire life and never reach that. Like, you have these skills to do that. You're, you're the 1% of players who've made it to the National Football League. Apply that to the real world. Like, look at it like a game day. Like, you're trying to make a job. That's like trying to make a roster. That's like, that's like you playing in, in Little League or in high school and trying to make it to the pros. Like, apply that same mindset and you'll be fine. Right. And it's like, well, I don't know what I want to do. That's a big thing. You know, there are a lot of similarities between a player that transitioned out and a, and a college student transitioned to the real world. Mm-hmm. Cause you get a lot of college students who will have a degree and like, Oh, I don't, I don't know what I want to do. Like, I don't even want to get a job in my field. It's exploratory at that point. Right. Okay. It's all right. Do something and, and mm-hmm. hopes that something piques your interest. Right. Uh, for me, my degree is in communications and my master's in management and marketing. Technically I don't even do none of that. <laughs> I mean, I do some aspects of right. it, but I'm not working in communications or marketing. Right. You know, a lot of people do that. I have degrees and they're not working in those fields. The goal is, you know, if I'm a player and they spend, let's say, three weeks at ESPN, maybe they notice, maybe they went in thinking they wanted to be a broadcaster, but they noticed that the person working the switchboard or the person working being a cameraman is something that they want to do. All right. Now, if that's something you realize you're passionate about, all right, what does it take to get a job in that field? And now you realize what it takes and the steps that it takes to get there now just start, you know, hashing at it. And they, and they have that ability because they, they can get up at seven and they can leverage that network and they can perform and they can work as a team and things like that. So it's just helping them to get to that point. Of course. So you just mentioned when you speak on these panels and you go to these engagements, you get the question, how did you get here? 
I want to talk about Forbes 30 under 30. In 2018, mm-hmm. you were named to the list for sports and, you know, basically being recognized as, as one of the best leaders in your field. So given the journey to get there, given your freshman year at Fosberg State, given the work you put in at Lockheed Martin while getting your master's and doing a free internship with the Wizards and positioning yourself for the NFLPA, like, what what did that moment mean to you in your <laughs> that's career? That's a good question. Wow, that's good. Um, and I remember tweeting. I look back at the tweet still. <laughs> it was almost like the chip the, the chip was off my shoulder. Wow. It's like I was climbing this mountain, and like I felt like I had, you know, I felt like there there are people there are a lot of people like me that grew up without a dad that didn't have a lot of hope that was was wishing that somebody like me would walk through the door, mm-hmm. and I, that's what I was waiting for in high school. Um, or that's what I was waiting for, looking for when I was at home, raised by a single mom. And so to be in a position where I'm that person now, right? Like I, I have the seat at the table now, like I can, I've arrived. And so you realize, and it's funny cause you realize I made it to the top of this mountain and it's like, okay, what do you do when you get there? And for me, it's like, there's two options either, you know, I could climb the corporate ladder. I knew a bunch of jobs are going to come calling and stuff like that. And I'm like, all right, or I can use this platform to, to um, give hope to the next generation of kids that are coming up, like what I needed. And so that's honestly the best part about this is like, I can use my position of influence now um, to help a younger generation. So like, uh, that's why I go back to Bowie State and I go back to high schools and I speak at colleges and go back to Prince George's County, speak at Flowers. And I, that's what I'm passionate about now. And that's why I'm grateful that I made the Forbes list because it allowed me to be a subject matter expert, right? You're, you've arrived. And now that I've arrived, like use that to help the next generation, right? Because that's what I need. And I feel like that's the obligation I have on my life and where I'm at in my journey. Like, yes, I love my job and I love what I do. I'll, that, the director level and the VP level will come over time, but I will be doing a disservice to myself and people that look like me or people that struggle to just get on my horse and ride off into the sunset. Cause I could do that right now. Um, but what I'm passionate about is my and is there's a young Dior in high school right now that's struggling and nobody knows it. Like, why not be the person to help them get through that? Um, there are a bunch of black kids who think the only way to, to get involved in sports is to play it. Like, why not use my influence to show, Hey, look, yeah, it's great playing basketball, football, but like, what else do you want to do? Right. It's important to understand that earlier. Cause it can, it's easier if you understand it earlier, like in high school, like what else are you passionate about while you're, while you're playing high school basketball, you know? I mean, because at the end of the day, the odds aren't aren't in your favor. That's not to scare you. It's just a reality. Um, only like 2% of high school athletes make it to the NFL. Two. Then 98%. Like, figure out what you want to do early. And so it's my job to talk about those type of things. And because they'll listen. Um, because I have, what you know, the influence. And so um, it, it was a great, personally, it was good for me because it's like, I can finally like take a deep breath. But then it's like more work needs to be done for me because it's like, all right, you got this obligation and God has blessed you to get past all these things and provided you with this platform to use it <laughs> for the benefit of other people. And, and so that's been um, self-fulfilling in itself. So. I love that. Congratulations. So on that note of giving back to others, let's wrap up. What is What is one piece of advice that you want someone that's listening to this right now to take away with them and continue to apply in their careers? You know what? Oh, it's funny because we talk about like careers and like 
you know, working in sports and things like that, man, I'm like, I love talking about like life. Cause I feel like, I feel like if you figure out life, then chasing your dreams and aspirations become much easier. And I think the number one thing to figure out life, and I think about the dark time that I had and with the injuries and mistakes that I've made and hit on rock bottom is like, again, what do you do when, when, when tough time comes? Like, I think the easiest thing to do is give up. Like, and it's no problem. Like nobody's knocking anybody that decides to do that or to take the easy way out. The hardest thing to do is like, despite how it looks and despite what the odds say, I'm going to be the outlier and like really taking that perspective, owning it and then start working towards it. And um, that's the biggest, that's the bit, that's what I challenge everybody that wants to like reach the pinnacle of their dreams and journey is like, you know, choose the hard route. I'm telling you, like, especially when discouragement comes, like change your perspective. Like, like, I'm not saying don't get down and be sad. Like that's going to come take the day. Like I always always give myself that. Like when I didn't get a job, I would take like a day or I'll wait till like, if it happened like on Wednesday, I'm like, I'm gonna give myself to Sunday. <laughs> Cause you know, you gotta go through your emotions, right. but by Sunday I'm ready to kick ass. Like by Sunday, that job I didn't get with the Redskins is on my, another chip on my shoulder. So now instead of getting up at seven, I'm gonna get up at six. Cause I'm gonna prove everybody wrong. And I ad- ad- adapt that type of mentality. You'll get to where you need to be. Um, but with that, I think, what goes hand in hand with overcoming that is the motivation, right? It's like everybody needs to figure out what's going to keep them motivated, right? Like, because everybody's is different. Like, for me, it was when I was, you know, you know, I was struggling, right? Dealing with a lot of my anger and stuff. And and I remember just one time, one episode, I was looking at my mom and she was kind of disappointed in me from something I did. And she, I remember her crying and it's like she sacrificed a lot. Like, she was a single mom raising three kids. So it's a lot of her life that she didn't get to enjoy as much as she wanted to, right? From some of the decisions that she decided to make and just because she's raising three kids. So what do I look like throwing my life away, seeing the sacrifices that she made, right? I'll be doing the disservice to her. Or like the family that prayed for my, my brother and sister who prayed for me when I was dealing with my head injury was in a coma. Like if I go throw my life away, I'm just discrediting all the prayers that they had. And so like those are the things that kept me motivated when times got tough. Because that's what you'll need. You'll need to find out, okay, whether it's living in poverty, whether it's not living in privilege, whether it's the odds act against you, whether it's growing up in a broken home, whatever your motivation is to keep moving forward, identify what that is. So, like, when that dark night comes or, like, when you feel like giving up, you just think about the motivation. And that motivation will get you through to the next day. Um, so that's probably the two biggest takeaways. It's not sports industry related. It's just life. Like, and those are my two, like, biggest things that I like to share. Wow, thank you. Make the decision to be the outlier. I actually wrote that down as, as you were talking. Um, I mean, from all yeah. that you shared, you've definitely, um, you know, shown how you've been able to do that. So thank you so much, Dior. Appreciate you coming on, and, and this is a fun one. No worries. And uh, honestly, thank you for just having that platform for people to share stories like this. I think that's life-changing in itself. So I appreciate you for um, all the work that you're doing. All right. Thanks for listening into this episode. In the meantime, we want to hear from you. Stay connected. Leave us a comment on Apple podcast, DM us or contact us on our website, whatever is easiest. We want to know your feedback and what questions you have. Otherwise, we'll be back soon with more athletes, more perspectives and more pro tips on the way.